Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Who doesn't love shopping at Target? Did you know the all-new Target Circle is the free and easy way to get the most deals at Target? And when you pay with your Target Circle card, you can save an extra 5% your way every day. But wait, there's more. Now you've got a new way to save with Target Circle 360. With unlimited same-day delivery, Target Circle 360 is the fastest way to get your order to your door or someone else's. Right now, sign up for Target Circle 360 for just $49 for your first year of membership. That's $50 off the regular price. Visit Target.com slash Circle or the Target app for more details. Same-day delivery is subject to terms, applies to orders over $35. For 5% discount, restrictions apply. See program rules in-store or at Target.com slash Circle Card. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am all in. I am all in with Scott Patterson, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey, everybody, Scott Patterson. I am all in podcast. 111 Productions, iHeartRadio. We are here with Jason Kravitz who appeared as Dwight in Season 3, Episode 5, 8 o'clock at the Oasis. He was the uh, uh, the new neighbor across the street who came over and asked Lorelai to uh, water his lawn and then mow his lawn and then go inside his house and do all kinds of things. Um, very memorable character. Um, and Jason has an extraordinarily um, uh, uh, long and uh, distinguished uh, resume, and we'll get into that later. But let's get into the Gilmore stuff, Jason. 
Thanks for coming on. Welcome. Good to meet oh, you. Oh, my pleasure. Hey, good to meet you too. And, Thank you. Absolutely. And we thoroughly enjoyed all of us. Uh, uh, the, the team enjoyed your performance. We were, we were, uh, it was side splitting funny. Um, and that was the only episode of Girl, Gilmore Girls you did, but it's so memorable. How did you get the role? It's just an audition for a role. And, uh, you know, the same way you get a lot of jobs in this business, your agents put you up for a role, you audition and, Hopefully you get the part. In this case, it worked out. Good, good, good. Um, we actually would have loved to have seen more of you. Um, uh, so what do you remember about being on set? Oh, well, I, I remember, uh, you know, working with Lauren, who was uh, really nice. I enjoyed working with her a lot. And I remember uh, immediately, first thing is I got onto the set, I was told by the script supervisor, uh, fast, fast, go fast, go fast, don't miss a word, don't add a word, don't do anything. I Okay. And the first take I did, I do remember, um, I believe I, the line had some, I'm mean, you forgive me, I don't remember the line exactly, but it was something about, and I turned the corner and there it was. And I believe I said, and I turned the corner and boom, there it was. And I cut, no boom, do not add a beat, do not add a sentence, do not add a clap, nothing. It's got to be very specific. Of course, that's how Amy Schumer tells you to write her stuff and I totally res respect that. I just had no idea until I was on the set that that was going to be the case. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's my that's my overarching memory. And oh, also yeah. the fact that, you know, being in Stars Hollow and being around that set was really phenomenal, actually. Right. Yeah. It's a nice place to be. It was a nice place to go to work. It was, it, it was, was great. It was yeah. great for the, for the time I was there. Um, I have a fun Stars Hollow story, though, a fun Gilmore story that will come into play uh, with people who know this this actress from other Amy Schoenfeld and other things and the second uh, uh, Gilmore Girls incarnation. Uh, when I, uh, a few years after I did this episode, I was in L.A. doing a uh, pre-Broadway run of a musical called The Drowsy Chaperone. And The Drowsy Chaperone starred uh, Sutton Foster. Oh, uh, sure. Who, yeah. Of course, at that time was a Tony Award winner for Thoroughly Modern Millie. And um, she also uh, uh, eventually was on the lead on Bunheads, Amy Sherman Collier's next show, and then uh, appeared in Gilmore Girls, uh, the reboot. So, uh, but she was not, she was just a big Gilmore Girls fan at the time. And I, I was staying with, uh, you know, we were all staying in the same area. And I was still in touch with the people at Gilmore Girls, especially uh, one of the casting directors. Uh, and uh, uh, I said to Sutton, do you, do you want to go on set? I'm, I'm sure we can get on the Warner lot. I just call my, you know, call my friend Jamie, who is uh, Jamie Rudofsky, one of the casting directors. Mm -hmm. And she said, uh, I'd love that. So I got to bring Sutton Foster to Stars Hollow. Huh. And she, I've never seen anything like it. It, it. People look at, she looked at the world around her the way that people look at her now who are fans of Bunheads, who are, fun, who are, who are Broadway musical fans. Um, and she was really dumbstruck by the whole thing. And she got to meet Lauren and she was really nervous. And it was just one of those really magical moments to be. Uh -huh in that in that place with somebody who was such a huge fan of the show wow yeah that's uh it, yeah it, it can it was overwhelming for me and i was in the cast <laughs> so i know what you're there talking you about <laughs> there you go um um 
so the tone and the banter that you had with 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 Lauren, it was it was really really perfect. Uh, how much did you get to rehearse that with her before you would shoot? Very little. Right. Uh, we, we shot pretty quick because you know they they move pretty fast on that set, and and uh, uh, I think you know having seen the show, you knew exactly what to expect in the way of rhythm. Um, so even though I'd had my little, you know, mistake early on, it was easy with, with Lauren, who was such a professional in the situation and was very accepting. And we just kind of hit it off very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very little rehearsal. We just kind of swam right into it. Do you get recognized as Dwight when you're out in, in public? I really do. And, and the first time that happened to me, I had forgotten name of my character you know it was years and years later and uh, even just it happened about four years ago in new york city i was going through macy's and somebody who was like temporarily working for the holidays stopped me and said oh my gosh it's dwight from eight o'clock at the oasis <laughs> and i said who what what are you talking about she goes gilmore 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 and like, you couldn't have been, were you born by that point because she was probably 20 and she said, oh, my gosh, I just watched it again. Oh, I love that show so much. And you're Dwight. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so uh, and then since then, I've gotten stuff since it's been back on the air. You know, uh, wherever it's been playing, it's uh, get a lot of recognition for Dwight. It's really amazing. Have you ever but met any? Have you ever met anybody like him? Dwight? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, Amy's characters exist in a in a kind of a hyper real world right. in some ways. Uh, I don't know anybody who talks at that pace, <laughs> but somebody who's that fastidious and somebody who's that also. It's it, what I loved about this character is clearly the character is supposed to be a bit of a nerd. You know, he's got this fascination with tiki things, and he's got very specific watering of his plants. Things, mm-hmm. and he's gone to a divorce and. And yet there's something super confident about him. Right. You know, he was happy, very, you know, uh, uh, gregarious in meeting his neighbors and smiley and, and something really positive about him that you don't usually find in characters that people write that are, that are more nebbishy really. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I found that really fun. Yeah. Um, great. So you've done uh, a lot of work on TV and Broadway, uh, most recently in Be Positive, NCIS, and The Undoing. Um, very diverse. Uh, do you have uh, a favorite genre of of, of work that I, you've done? I really, I really don't because um, I I think when I was a kid, I I just wanted to do everything. So uh, I wanted to be really adept at everything and I wanted to be able to do everything, everything from uh, song and dance to, to you know, Shakespeare and Moliere and uh, dramas on television. And one of, the, one of the shows that I was most known for early on was The Practice where I was a, a lawyer for two years and, you know, very mean lawyer, but I had come from the world of comedy. So it was right. like, I was loving the opportunity to sink my teeth into anything like that. So I don't, I, I really kind of like doing it all. If I can, if people give me the opportunity. Um, so you're writing as well. You're doing comedy, you're doing all kinds of things. Uh, are you always creating? I mean, it's just, it's just, you wake up and this is what you do. I, I think that, um, yeah, I get a real, I get, I get really juiced by doing creative things. Uh, this business as a business is so fickle. 
And even, um, I, I feel like I do have a, a bit of a, a decent track record, a good resume, but I go long periods of time without getting the opportunity right. to audition for things or participate in the business. So I am constantly looking for ways to either entertain myself or entertain other people. Right. So right. I, I think right. that's been part of my life is just being creative. So you've had three decades of experience. Um, oh God, yeah. <laughs> what's what's the, what's the secret for your success? What what is it? Uh, you know, it's so funny. Uh, it depends on, of course, the how you measure success, right? Like uh, the fact that I've lasted three decades is pretty much a success. I recently found out that I'm at an age where I can start possibly collecting my pension, and that's the first moment in my career I felt like I made it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I made it. I can retire if I want to. It's amazing. Uh, I know. Because <laughs> at certain times you really do feel like you're retired. Um, I, the longevity, I think longevity is what I consider successful. The fact that I'm still stuck around. And I think you have to be, uh, uh, you have to be able to deal with rejection or at least you have to be a glutton mm-hmm. for it. You have to understand. It, it, it comes at you all the time. And um I wish I could say I handled it really well all the time. And mm-hmm. I just, I still don't. But I think it was instilled in me early on that, that what I was doing had value. Um, and not just, and re- more recently that it's had value beyond just um, for value beyond, you know, for my own self-entertainment and, and you know, self-worth. Mm-hmm. But value in the world that, that there's, a, there's, there's people appreciate having entertainment and creativity and someone doing that that they can look to in darker times. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think recognizing that what you do has value. And I think I was taught that early on. And even though I've wavered and up and down, it's been a core belief, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I got very lucky to have a family and um, relationships and, and mentors and friends that have buoyed that at times when it's believers. So. That's been helpful. Yeah, I think you know when I when I got when I was studying in New York, I, I lived in New York for a long time, and I studied. I did all my training in New York, mm-hmm. and the one thing that was instilled in me that I'll never forget was what a what a privilege and what an honor it was, and what a calling it is to do this as a profession, and that what a responsibility you have. Um, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. Um, yeah, but it takes, it does take a tremendous amount of dedication and the rejection. Yeah. I used to take it personally until I stopped taking it personally and realized it was just a business decision on the other side and that right. you can't take it personally. Uh, cause it'll just eat you alive and you, you there'll be nothing left. Um, it's just, well, it, how old were you when that happened though? Um, well, I, <sighs> You know, I'd come from a, a a career where it was just so much rejection and heartbreak that I had a I had a pretty thick skin coming into this. Mm-hmm. Um, what I had was a work ethic, and I was late to the game, so I really needed to play catch up. Uh, and that's that's the thing that put me over the top was the work ethic. Um, well, what's funny is I had a similar. Uh, I felt like I had a, was kind of coming from behind in, in a lot of ways. I, I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area, and I went to school down there to an undergrad program. I didn't go to grad school. 
I worked in theater. It was a fantastic town for doing theater. And I was able to get all my union cards down there. But I had really had no plans to move. I was all set. And then I had enough people tell me, you know, you really should give this a shot. That I didn't move to New York until I was 28. Thinking, okay, the business is here for the, the offing. You know, I'd say, it's, here's, here's, it's all on the table. I've been working in D.C. I'll just pick up right here. And of course, that doesn't happen. So I had to learn to hustle. But exactly. there were so many people. But there were so <laughs> many people who had been there ahead of me, who had gone to grad school, who were already working on Broadway, and I was not able to get an agent. And it took until I was uh, in my mid early early thirties and moving out to LA before I started making any kind of noise. But it was really my own hustle that did that. I, I ended up writing a two man sketch comedy show in New York that got nowhere here, but took it to LA and just lucked into getting the right people in the room and heading off to the Aspen Comedy Festival. And then I suddenly had an agent and I suddenly had a career. Mm -hmm. But it was, again, you know, it's the hustle. It's, right. it's knowing that you got to hustle. But and, it's uh, but it's creating your own content. That's the hustle. A lot of my life has been creating my own but content. But that's, that's what they look for. That's what they want to sign. You know? Like, I, that's worked for me in that scenario. But, you know, right. uh, again, but I thought, like I was playing catch up the whole time too. I yeah. felt like everybody else has got an agent. Everybody else is younger than me and has been signed and is working and I have nothing. Right. So I had to really scramble, but right. that's part of the deal. Uh, the, the problem a lot of people have is they scramble when they get here and they hustle, but they don't create. They hustle. They get their, they try to get them to connect to the agents and the managers and they're not really producing anything. Right. And I think that that, the ability to kind of like know that I had to follow that path as well was um, gave me a little bit of an edge. Who knows? Or maybe it's the nose. I have no idea. No one knows. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So now we're going to get into your resume. Okay. Uh-oh. Because okay. this is, this is, uh, it's extraordinary. So let me just read this off. Okay. And, uh, um, and, and, Everybody in the audience, uh, take note. This is a a real privilege to read this off for somebody that has this diverse a resume and has been this successful. Um, Film credits include Chinese Puzzle, The Stepford Wives, Sweet Sweet November Morning Glory, Laura Gets a Cat, Accommodations, My Dead Boyfriend, What Just Happened, and an animated feature film, Blink. Kravitz has appeared in several Broadway shows, including the original production of Tony Award winning The Drowsy Chaperone, the 2003 revival of Sly Fox, directed by Arthur Penn. We need to talk about Arthur Penn. Um, <laughs> um, but the City Center Encore's production of The Golden Apple, relatively speaking, an evening of three one-acts with Ethan Cohen, Elaine May, and Woody Allen, directed by John Turturro. We have to talk about John Turturro. Uh, along with comedy partner Joel Jones, Jason's two-man sketch show, An Evening with Kravitz and Jones, took home the jury award at the 1999 U.S. Comedy Festival at Aspen, Colorado. We have to talk about Aspen, Colorado. Uh, The show is based on material developed in the long-running Rumble in the Red Room Collective. As a writer, Jason penned a 10-minute Green Eggs and Hamlet. Will you please tell me about that? There's more, <laughs> but I'm um, a Hamlet fanatic, a freak. Oh, uh, my favorite play, I, my favorite I've character. Had, what is that all about? I've had many things I've done on a dare. And I, I think somebody said, I, I came up, was joking one day with somebody about Green Eggs and Ham. And I said, oh, should do Green Eggs and Hamlet. And somebody <laughs> said, you should write that. And it's a 10 minute play that, that starts with, you know, there was a sad fellow named Hamlet the Dane, and all he would do is complain and complain. <laughs> and then Hamlet says, I come back from college, my father is dead, and my mother has married my uncle <laughs> instead. She's sometimes my sister, and now is my queen. More kin, less kind, if you know what I mean. And it just goes on. <laughs> and the ghost comes out and says, would you, could you, with a knife, would you, could you take his life? You know, and it's just, yeah. 
devolves from there into this farcical 10 minutes of like Dr. Seuss rhymes and, <sighs> and people getting killed by eating poisoned breakfast foods. <laughs> I mean, that is just, you know, because uh, listen, I, I no longer do, but uh, when my son was very small, I would read him nothing but Dr. Seuss, and there's nothing more brilliant, as people with children know. It's all iambic. It's all, it's Shakespearean. It's, 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 he, Seuss is the Shakespeare of children's books. Um, gosh. Yeah, but my son, on the other hand, my son was, when he was a baby, his mother was rehearsing for the role of Titania, and I, I, at one point I said to him, what does daddy say? And he said, daddy says, I love you. I said, what does mommy say? And he said, mommy said, these are the forgeries of jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, oh, yeah. oh, my God. Uh, uh, holiday stories. Uh, the holiday stories. The, the, yeah, that was the, the Kvetch Christmas and Christmas Bullwinkle. Story. Yeah, Bullwinkle was the Christmas story. Christmas story. Yeah. yeah, we wrote that. My partner and I, uh, Joel, and I wrote that for Universal uh, years and years ago. It never got made. Uh, I don't think we even own it. But we do, every once in a while, we'll do a charity reading of it. And again, you know, it's all bad puns and non sequiturs, if you know Bullwinkle. And then uh, uh, the Kvetch is a, a parody of the Grinch, which is, again, it's, uh, it's uh, the Hanukkah version of the Grinch and Dr. Seuss Ryan, which I, I love to write in. So, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. You graduated from University of Maryland, Maryland, where you perform extensively at the Shakespeare Theater, Roundhouse Theater, and Woolly Mammoth Theater Company. Wow. Yep. Um, tell me about your love for Shakespeare. How did you first experience Shakespeare, and what was oh. the first character you had to break down and play that you performed sure. in? Uh, in high school, when I was doing a summer school for the performing arts, I... Uh, was told by a uh, long departed wonderful mentor of mine who was teaching that summer uh, that I should try Puck. And just just a monologue, just doing, you know, if we shadows have offended. And I got it. I was like, oh, oh, this makes sense. And then in college, I, uh, I continued, I mean, I studied, I did some more in high school, with, you know, did the mechanicals and did, uh, uh, Mercutio and little touches of things. But then when I got to college, I was a freshman and I had uh, an upper class teacher, a professor for upperclassmen who was leaving. And he took a few of us underclassmen and said, I want you to study Shakespeare with me because I think you guys should try this. And uh, we did a lot of studying the uh, John Barton acting Shakespeare tapes mm -hmm. at the library. And learning how um, how the, the vocabulary worked and how the pentameter worked and what that told you about characters, getting informed by the words, and I just it was just my, one of my favorite things to do. And then, um, and then I had one teacher in college. We did uh, Love's Labor's Lost, uh, and we did it in in a park in Washington D.C. We rehearsed it. I shouldn't say we performed. We performed it on at, at school, but we did one rehearsal in a kind of a manicured park in Washington D.C. just to give a sense of surroundings. And that led to I, I did some Shakespeare after college as well. But I also did this uh, one project that I just came up with again, you know, doing creative things and finding all of your love for things converging. Um, I did something called Shakespeare in the Rough, 
And what I did was I got a bunch of actors together and I cast The Tempest just randomly with actors that I knew from DC. And I said, we're going to do a two-day event. On Saturday, we're going to meet and read the play. Now, anybody, there's no director. So if you have want to stop and say, I have a question about that character, or I have some thoughts about, or I've seen a production where that character did this, doesn't matter who you are in the play, you can comment on anything about the characters. And then the next day, we went to a, a nature preserve in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. And I mapped it. I gave everybody a map of the surroundings. I said, go find where your scenes take place, but don't rehearse them. Come back and we'll map everything out, the order of the show, where things take place. We'll have lunch and then we're going to go and we're going to go do one scene to one scene. And if you're in the scene, you should take off so we can discover you in it. But otherwise you can watch. We didn't have an audience. We performed it for each other. We had musicians. We had just, it was, and I said, just improvise it, but you also are not responsible to anybody. Uh, you're responsible to the text. That's it. You don't have to perform it for the other actors. It can be like a television performance. You can even think the lines if you feel that's the case. Of course, everybody's on book. Everybody's holding the script. Um, <clears throat> I said, you can do whatever you want and just, you know, and I saw that play come to life in a way that I've, I've never seen it since. Mm. And it was just, I mean, literally the people, in the shipwreck scene that starts the Tempest, literally one of them brought a little dinghy and put the king and the king's son in the dinghy and they all went up to the lake, into the lake that we were near, up to their chest and screamed the lines at each other while they had people throwing buckets of water at them from the shore. I mean, it was like, I didn't plan that, but people, when they're given the opportunity uh-huh. for the freedom to create, uh-huh. it's you can watch it explode. Right. And I just, that's one of my favorite experiences, even though I had very little, I mean, I played Caliban. I had my fun doing the character that I usually wouldn't just cast in. But watching the creativity of people that I, I adored as performers anyway, just watching them have the freedom to just go. Yeah. It was, I mean, that's, that's probably my best Shakespeare experience right. is, is that. Discovering yeah. the rehearsal process is, is far more interesting and valuable and, yeah, I, and I really fulfilling than the actual performances. Yeah. Oh, I really, I really felt like if there was, a, if I was to direct uh, a Shakespeare play, my first rehearsal would be that. Right. Give the give the actors first crack before you tell them, here's what the set is, right. here's what the costumes are going to look like, here's what the theme is, and you're all going to fit in the box that I created in my mind. I'm going to start with letting them play because they're going to give me things to discover that I, they're going to discover things that I would have discovered otherwise. So. Right. I haven't had a chance to do that yet, but maybe someday. Oh, God. You're making me miss New York so much. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. So when I was, uh, uh, I had a teacher in New York uh, named Sandra Lee. And I don't know mm. if you know who she is, but uh, yeah, I'm, she do. she's one of the great ladies of the theater, right? And um yeah. She encouraged me to go um, audition for the actor's studio. And long story short, six weeks of rehearsal with my scene partner. We went in there. They stopped us after a minute and a half and said, thank you very much. (laughs) Went into class, did the scene, learned a lot, you know, went back, did it again, got shot down after three minutes. So it's really hard to get in, but I was an observer. Um, I was allowed to be in the, the, even the playwright director sessions, which Arthur Penn ran. And I was exposed to Arthur Penn for a couple of years. Every what it was uh, Tuesday. No, Tuesday was the acting Friday, Thursday or Friday was the, the the producer director unit. And Paul Newman would go to both of them. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and comment, and it was extraordinary. Tell me about your experience with Arthur Penn. I wish it was more exciting. Arthur Penn, um, so uh, he directed Sly Fox. Uh, the production originally starred Richard Dreyfuss uh, with uh, Bronson Pinchot and Bob Dishy and Eric Stoltz, amongst um many others and um including Rene Aubergenois, dearly departed Rene Aubergenois. Now mm-hmm. I think Rene had the idea to do the show. And I think he brought it to the producer and he brought it to Arthur. And they were the producer said this is great, except we can't cast you as Sly, the, the, the main character, we need to cast somebody else like Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was not in that cast, but at a certain point, they were um, doing a replacement cast on Broadway. It was my first Broadway show. Uh, and they brought me in and said, uh, uh, I auditioned. And then they said, for you know, this part called Craven the Lawyer. And they said, uh, after I auditioned, they said, uh, oh, okay, we're going we're gonna to offer this to you. And I said, that's fantastic. And they said, have you seen the show? And I said, I, I haven't seen it. And they said, okay, go tonight. But, and Arthur said, but don't pay attention to what anyone's doing because they have ruined the play. <laughs> they've gone too big. They've stretched it out. Just don't pay attention to what anyone's doing. And I said, all right. Peter Scolari was in that production. Boy, he was, uh, God love it. Uh, you know, and rest his soul. He uh-huh. was talented in a way that nobody else was. He was, a, he was a brilliant comic and clown, but yeah, he could, he could, uh, uh, what they call stomp and feather. You hit the joke and then you just make the laugh last longer and longer. He was the master at that. So I saw uh-huh. what Arthur was talking about. And after the show, I went backstage and, I saw Renee and I saw a few other people and they said, are you doing the show? I said, yeah, I'm coming in to replace Bronson. So playing that role. And Renee Renee says, when you're in rehearsal, don't listen to anything that Arthur tells you. (laughs) (laughs) So picture me, this is my first Broadway show and I'm getting Arthur Penn telling me not to pay attention to them. And they're telling me, don't listen to Arthur. And I'm just like, I just have to be here. (laughs) (laughs) But then, but then we spent three weeks rehearsing. Richard Kind took over for Richard Dreyfuss. And um, Bronson actually took over for Eric Stoltz. And Larry Storch came into the project. Carol Kane, Dick Libertini, another great actor. Um, and I was just surrounded by these masters. And, uh, you know, Arthur was very uh, uh, stressed about the whole thing. I think he was unhappy and he was trying to rein it in. Right. Um, and I took the bus with him one day uptown, which was kind of like, oh, it's Arthur Penn. It's Bonnie and Clyde. It's here we are. I'm just <laughs> right. the bus with him. It's crazy. Right. So it was a great experience for me. I don't know if it was a great experience for him. Right, <laughs> right. I had a good time. So that was 2003. How, how old was he at that time? He must have been pretty old. I don't know. He was pretty old. He was kind of nearing the end of the career. Right. That might have been one of the last things he did. Um, <clears throat> um, John Turturro. Yeah. I, I, first time I saw John Turturro was at the... God, what was it? It was the... Uh, it was an Italian-American reconciliation with Laura San Giacomo and John Pankow. Oh, I, I, all three performers who I love. Did you see that? 
Did you see that play? I see that. He I wish was I would have seen extraordinary. That. It was extraordinary. He's one of my favorite actors. Oh, and good. he's gotten to prove it over and over again, especially in the last, you know, five, five, seven years. I mean, uh, when he did the night of, when he was the detective in the night of, he was oh. fantastic in that. And then recently in Severance, I just, you know, did uh. just watch that? And boy, uh. what a, he and Walken together just give a fantastic, uh, fantastic performance. Oh. So, uh, he's he's a really nice guy, and I, I I definitely count him as a friend. So I'm I'm glad to see him constantly busy. Tell me about your experience at the Aspen Comedy Festival. Well, that was another one of those remarkable coincidental moments that you get. You know what they say: the, the, the luck. What is it? The crossroads between uh, persistence and opportunity. Right. That's what luck is. So I, I was very persistent. I was working on the show in, uh, in New York in this two man comedy musical music and comedy show. And um, we went to L.A. just on a whim. It was like, look, you know, we've got friends out there who want to see our show. Let's go out there. There's this one agent that may be interested if, you know, I can invite her. And it just so happened that it was at the exact moment they were doing the finalists. Uh, the final judging for the Aspen Comedy Festival for that year's Aspen Comedy Festival. So this must have been the fall of 98, like around, uh, right between uh, Thanksgiving and me and <clears throat> Thanksgiving and Christmas. I mean, and then um, we just did our show and we got, somehow we got Mark Hirschfeld to come to the show. Mm-hmm. Mark Hirschfeld, casting director for Seinfeld and then on to right. kind of comedy casting. I know, I, now, I know him well. Yeah. <clears throat> you know who he is. So, yeah. so he's, uh, so he came to the show and he said, look, we're doing final casting. Can you throw together an hour long version of this for Saturday? Cause we only have Saturday at like four o'clock. Cause we're seeing comedy people at five 30 downstairs. It was at the improv. Mm-hmm. So you know, they had that upstairs at the improv upstairs behind the parking lot. And then they were going downstairs to see, uh, comedians after that mm. so we said okay we do it together and a quick turnaround we ended up getting invited to the festival and wow. it was overwhelming because as anybody who hustles and i'm sure you have knows when we were putting our own show up you're pounding the pavement to get people yeah. not just not just act, you know agents and and comedy people and you're, you're getting anyone to come see your show audience just so you have people in the seats such a process and you're doing your own costumes and you're doing your own costume changes and it's, it's all very bare bones right. well you get invited to the Aspen Comedy Festival they got their audiences are sold out ahead of time you're going to oh, have sure. 250 people at night no matter what you do right. you're going to have people backstage helping you you literally have people backstage with oxygen masks because you're in Aspen and you come <laughs> off exhausted and, you know, that. So, <laughs> so we were like we were like, unbelievable. We're here giving this, you know, great opportunity. The cast of Second City is being celebrated at the festival. So there, we've got Eugene Levy and we've got, you know, Andrea Martin. And we've got all these people in the audience that are like heroes, right. heroes of us. And it, we, it was like zero to 60, right. you know, two months before that, we were upstairs at the improv, like, you know, black box, like basically running our own lights and sound as we did the show. Right, right. And after that, we, uh, it was great to be there, but I think I was so, uh, we had come from New York. I didn't know anything about LA. I, didn't, I was only four years in New York at that point. So I didn't realize the magnitude of what we were doing and who it exactly was. It was one thing to say, well, the cast of SCTV is here. 
It's another thing to say, well, the head of development for ABC is here or Castle Rock or, you know, you name the, the, mm -hmm. the production company. Everybody's there looking for the next thing. Right. We didn't know that. So when we got back to L.A., our agents were pretty small potatoes at the time and they didn't know what to do with that. So instead of we had a lot of meetings, we called it the couch and water tour because you come in, they'd say, would you like a bottle of water and a seat on the couch? And that's what you would do. And what we didn't do was, oh, you know, pitch a sitcom idea, <laughs> you know, <laughs> give them some something to, 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 to work with us on. They just, you know, they just, um, so at the end of the meetings, they were like, this has been great. Have some more water. Right. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> the water is the consolation prize. You know, it didn't go well when they're offering you more water on the way out because you're not going to get any farther than that. But we had no idea. We were so naive. And by the time we figured it out, right. well, the, that wave had crested and dropped. Right. So I was very fortunate that I was in LA and was able to audition for a few things and end up getting some decent roles and starting a career from that. Yeah. But I, I think if we had, if we had been smarter about it, or at least just more knowledgeable about the business, it, we could have had a lot more bang for our buck. Um, but as it was, the Aspen Festival itself was just a dream. A dream come true. We have time for one last question. I, I could talk oh, to you. Yes. I could talk to you all day. Uh, first of all, no, no, I have, I have two more questions. Did you ever get down oh, to the Wooster group and see Elizabeth Comps, uh, Willem nope. Dafoe stuff? You never saw that stuff? No, nope, no, nope, because nope. I was, don't forget, I was in DC for, in, in the DC area until 95. So the Wooster group was still doing, I did see one thing they did was long after Willem Dafoe was, you know, in Hollywood and not coming back to do stuff. So, right. Uh, you know, it was very uh, a lot of that great uh, organically uh, unique pieces in theater weren't happening at the yeah. same way. Yeah. Um, I went, you know, Shanae was here. I think there were some great venues downtown, you know, uh, uh, to get to and see crazy, interesting stuff. But but mm -hmm. the heyday of that in the in right. the late eighties and stuff was, was yeah gone. yeah that's when I saw it yeah um, yeah. Um, what would you give if you were to give advice to a young actor starting out? And I know there's always one thing I tell everybody when they ask me, what would you, what would your advice be to young actors starting out as far as what to study, where to study? Cause I think that's the most important thing. It's not, you know, I, when people ask me, Hey, should I move to LA? And I was like, who, who have you studied with? What do you know? You know, what do you love? That's changed for me over the years. Right. right? So, you know, if you would ask me 10, 15 years ago, I had one answer, you know. And then I learned that the, how you succeed in this business, the, the, the very simple answer to that is, I don't know. Because nobody knows. Get, you know, I, I have, you, get into professional wrestling. Then you got a shot. Why are you not working right now? I don't know. Why did you get that job? I don't know. Because nobody knows. Even the people doing the cast and even the people making the final decision, they don't really know how the business mm -hmm. works because the business is never consistent. Everybody thinks they know and then it changes. Right. Um, I always say to people, uh, make sure that you're, uh, you don't uh, let the creative muscle atrophy. You've got to be doing creative things that have nothing to do with getting work or making it in the business or making money because Otherwise, you'll be you'll, your soul will dry up. So make sure you're constantly like, even if it means just going to a museum, just be creative in some way, somehow. But I think the biggest piece of advice now for young people 
is uh, get connected to other people because those are going to be your people. And as you go forward, those people are going to be doing things and you're going to be involved in those things. And then you're going to do things and you're going to have your tribe to call on. Mm-hmm. And as you guys, as one person getting success, you will be more connected to the to a wider portion of the business. Right. So there's so many ways to be creative now that is also potentially ways of getting seen. Right. I mean, obviously there's things like TikTok and YouTube, but there's also a million other things you can do to get involved in the business. And there's no excuse for not getting involved in right. some way. But right. take classes. It, in a way, I understand your point about like, you know, who are you studying with it? That's really important for you to learn a lot of the craft and you should learn the craft. You should also learn the skills. As you know, I'm sure it's like, there's a different skill set that goes along with doing a commercial audition than an on-camera audition, than a theater audition, than, I mean, a, you know, do a television audition or a film audition. There's very different skill sets you have to understand. And that's something you can study, you should study. But get yourself involved with other people and the connections you make are the the thing that can make that that's going to make you have a career that's going to give you a career who you know mm-hmm. it always is the same in every business really but i'm beginning to think that's the real key to this just connect yourself connect, mm-hmm. Connect. Mm-hmm. yeah it's a community that's, that's for sure I got. it's def- yeah. definitely a community jason it was a pleasure having you oh, on it was my pleasure yeah, listen you know how actors hate talking about themselves so you know it's a <laughs> difficult thing but i think we got through it you know? <laughs> <laughs> what are you what are you doing right now what are you working on right now you got oh, something coming out uh, what are you doing yeah I'm, i have a show that i'm doing uh that i've been doing for about five years now no more called off the top and it was just an idea i had that's blossomed into a really uh, bigger enterprise it is an uh, a completely improvised cabaret uh by which i mean everybody writes down people write down suggestions ahead of time at their tables uh, at the theater they all uh, put these, uh, I'm, I'm performing at Birdland right now, but uh, they take their suggestions, put it in a fishbowl, and then I come out and I basically sing songs based on whatever suggestion I pull from the fishbowl. Um, and that could be a song called Eat Your Vegetables, or it could be a song called Your Via Is Here. And I have a band and we make up the songs and the story as we go along. Are so, you in New York again, right now? Or are you in a, are based I'm in out New of LA? Right oh. I'm based in New York at the moment, but I, I've done the show a few times out there at Vitello's, you know, Einstein's right. at Vitello's now. Right. Uh, Birdland here in New York is my current home. I'm doing the show Monday, uh, this Monday, the 16th at 8.30. And then I'm taking it over to London for two shows in London. Oh, fantastic. And uh, yeah, so that's fantastic. kind of been my my kind of side gig right now. My side hustle has just been putting together this this silly, fun, oh, sounds music, like music just and comedy. Terrific fun. Oh my God, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. Uh, oh, get on the plane. It's oh my God. Oh. I'd say put, keep, keep your mask on, though. That's just, you know, yeah, know. on the flight. I know. <laughs> All right, Jason. Uh, good luck with everything. Tell people uh, where they can uh, tell people oh, where course. Birdland is and when yes, when you're performing. Birdland, yes, Birdland is uh, Birdland Theater is at Forty uh, Fourth Street in near Times Square, uh, between the uh, Eighth and Ninth Avenue. It is Monday, May sixteenth at eight thirty p.m. You can get your tickets at uh, www.birdlandjazz.com. Birdlandjazz.com. It is a 
I guarantee you it'll be a fun night. That's all I can tell you. I have no idea what I'm going to sing. I have no idea who the character is going to be. I have no idea what the story is going to be. But it's it's a, usually a lot of fun. At least it is for me. I hope it is for you too. How, how long is the engagement? Does it go on or is it limited? Just a, just a one-off this time. Ah, okay. Uh, so it's right. just a, a one-off on the 16th. And then hopefully I'll be back again in the fall or next year. Or, okay. You know, whenever they can schedule me. All right, everybody. Get out there. If you're in the area, go see him. Okay. Uh, uh Hey, thank you. Jason, all the best. Good luck with everything. Good luck with the London shows. Um, I appreciate that. And uh, hope we got to have you back on. There's just, there's so much more to unpack. I didn't get the half of the stuff I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm, I'm here, man. I got, you know, give right. me a call. All right. I'm we here will. in London. We will. Okay. <laughs> Good deal, man. Good talking to you. Good all meeting you. All the best well. to you, nice my friend. Nice to meet you as well. Take okay. care. All right. Take care. Bye. And don't forget, follow us on Instagram at I am all in podcast and email us at Gilmore at iHeartRadio.com. Oh, you Gilmore fans, if you're looking for the best cup of coffee in the world, go to my website for my company, ScottyP.com, S C O T T Y P.com, ScottyP.com. Grade one specialty coffee. Ah, summer, the best time of the year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, They have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. 
how this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich men Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts